Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Many new believers shortly after receiving Christ as their Savior and experiencing a wonderful and dynamic salvation go through a period of doubting and questioning. It seems that the new life they found in Christ has somehow evaporated. At such a time, it's common to question whether or not we're really saved. But to the Corinthian believers, Paul pointed out that we all receive two initial gifts when we receive Christ. First, we receive the eternal life, that is, the uncreated, divine life of God. And we also receive the Holy Spirit. Based upon the Word of God and these two indisputable gifts, we have an outward assurance and an inward confirmation that He who has the Son has the life. Ron Kankis has joined us for our fellowship as uh, we have our third program today from 1 Corinthians. Glad you're here, Ron. An important topic, isn't it? An important topic, and I appreciate your use of the word fellowship. Yes. This is revealed wonderfully in 1 Corinthians 1.9, and we look to the Lord's Spirit that we would be in the reality of this fellowship, of this mutual participation in the all-inclusive Christ into which God has called us. And we enter into this fellowship with the deep confirmation in us that we are children of God, born of Him, and possessing the divine life the eternal, uncreated life of God, and not only that, possessing the Spirit, the Spirit of God himself. And by having the life and by having the Spirit, we may say, along with 1 John chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, we have the Son and we have the life. Amen. Because the life is in the Son and the Son as the Spirit is in us. Wonderful. I look forward to our fellowship today, Chris, very much in the Lord. I do too. And we'll get to this word fellowship. We'll come to verse 9 in a few minutes. Uh, Right now in verse 6 of chapter 1, another phrase that has a lot of importance, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. And that verse will be the basis for the first fellowship that we'll get from Witness Lee. Let's join that now. Now, we come to verse 6. What is the testimony of Christ? What Paul means here, the testimony of Christ, is different from what John means, the testimony of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. Paul's preaching of Christ was a testimony of Christ. Then you would ask why Paul didn't use the word preaching. Why? Because Preaching might be just an expression. But testimony must be a living. Paul says, I gave you the testimony of Christ. I didn't give you merely the preaching of Christ. And this testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. 
when I testified to Christ, you believed in Him, and you have received Him, something happened in you. What something? That is, eternal life has been given to you, and the Holy Spirit has come into you, and these are the initial gifts in you. These initial gifts confirm what I preached, confirm what I testified to you. Don't you have a confirmation within you? A confirmation that you do have something as the divine life. A confirmation that you do have the Holy Spirit. If you don't have this confirmation within you, I doubt about your salvation. You may say, you didn't feel that you have the divine life. You didn't feel that you had the uh, Holy Spirit. Uh, I agree with you. When I was young, I read the book, Pilgrim's Progress. You know, John Bain said he lost his certificate. Then I said, what is my certificate? I said, I lost it. <laughs> For about one week, I didn't sleep well. I didn't eat well. I meant it. I got bothered. But then uh, I went to a book. That was a new book published by Brother Lee. The Assurance of Salvation. Amen. That you have the Word of God in the Bible that says as long as you believe, you are saved. Then I open up the Bible and I nail down and I tell, heavens come, the earth come to testify that I do believe this verse. Amen. So according to this verse, I have the life. Yeah. Then after not too long, a time, a strong feeling came back that I was a child of God. What was that? That was a confirmation. We do have this confirmation. We have the confirmation that we are the children of God. Amen. Having the divine life and having the Holy Ron, he's talking about an experience, I think, that is common to many believers. I don't ask personal questions, but if it's all right, I had this Pilgrim's Progress experience thinking I'd lost my certificate. I wonder if you ever did as a young believer. Well, I didn't think exactly in those terms, but there is still the fear and the uncertainty mm -hmm. uh, at a certain period of time concerning the certainty of salvation, especially when for a brief period of time I was in a context where others were being brought to Christ in an instantaneous way and some were having what they claimed to be were big experiences. And I never had that. I just knew I opened to the Lord and then about a month later, I discovered there's a person living in me. Mm. The doubt really vanished when I realized I have been born of God. I have the life of God in my spirit. Even my spirit is life, according to Romans 8.10. And I'm one spirit with the Lord, according to 1 Corinthians 6.17. When I realized these two things, the life and the spirit, it became a settled matter. But prior to that time, there was a period of questioning, of a little bit of unease. But thank the Lord, based upon his divine revelation— and the proper emphasis in the ministry on spirit and life, right. this matter has been eternally settled in my being. No matter what anyone says, what the devil may say, I'm a child of God with the confirmation within of the divine life 
and the divine spirit. And you have the same. Amen. And so many of our listeners, wherever they may be, in whatever kind of context they may be, they may rejoice with us in having this inner confirmation of the Spirit witnessing with our spirit that we have been born of God, we are children of God, possessing the life, nature, and spirit of God, and nothing will ever change this fact. This is a dual uh, cure for this questioning, doubting ailment, the inward confirmation based upon these initial gifts that we receive at salvation, the divine, uncreated, eternal life of God and the Spirit himself to witness in our spirit, joined with the external proof that is the Word of God and verses like the one we talked about at the beginning, 1 John five twelve, he who has the Son has life. When we can't seem to find that faith in an experiential way, we do have the hour to confirm it. But uh, once we have, as you pointed out in your own testimony, had our eyes open to see that we really have been born of God, that really seems to be the, the settling fact, isn't it? That is the decisive fact. Yeah. We cannot be unborn. It's not a matter of a ticket, a kind of heavenly passport that we can somehow lose or that is snatched away from us when we fail or transgress. Something has taken place in our spirit that's irrevocable. Yeah. Our spirit has been born of God the Spirit. We are one spirit with the Lord. Our spirit is mingled with his spirit to be one mingled spirit. We cannot be unmingled and we cannot be unborn. May the spirit himself witness of this truth with the spirits of so many of our dear listeners who really want to know deep within that they may have the security not only of their salvation, but of their regeneration. Mm. They have been born of God. They have the life of God. They have the spirit of God. They're children of God. Welcome to the household of God where we enjoy our wonderful Christ as our unique center. Am I pointing us in the direction where we want to go now? Absolutely. We have now come to the phrase that uh, we echoed at the beginning of the program as well, these two phrases, the testimony of Christ, which is the outward confirmed by the testimony created by our inward living. And now to this uh, wonderful phrase that you mentioned that I've been enjoying a lot lately in verse 9, God is faithful through whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's find out about this fellowship into which we've been called. God has called us into the fellowship of his Son. You have to realize this is a profound word and this is a word too deep. This word does not only mean between you and certain others. There is the communication. There is the participation in one another. Not only so, it means also that you and he are becoming one. You enjoy him. You enjoy what he is. And he enjoys you. He enjoys what you are. And there is not just a kind of a mutual communication, but a kind of mutuality of everything. What is becomes yours. 
And what you are becomes his. We all have been called by God into such a mutuality. A mutuality between you and the Son of God. We all have been called into this. And later on in this book, it does tell us he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. We have been called into such a oneness. And in this oneness, we just enjoy what he is. And he just enjoys what we are. Even though we are so poor, still he enjoys us. Well, to say we enjoy him is great. But to say he enjoys us, that may not be true. That may not be true to you. But it is true to him. Uh, he would say, no, child, I enjoy you very much. You never know how much I enjoy you. While you are so weak, I still enjoy you. While you are so low, I still enjoy you. Why? Because I am just one spirit you. Could you believe? Ron, let's talk about this word fellowship. Uh, I guess on the most superficial plane, some understand it is, or associate it maybe with the time for coffee and cookies at the end of a meeting. On a deeper plane, they interpret it as a kind of a communication where somehow God communicates his wishes or desires. But there is something much more profound, much deeper than this, isn't there? Yes, there certainly is. What we're talking about is a deeper dimension of what the word fellowship means in the Bible and what it means in our experience. Of course, it does involve communication in a mutual way. But what we want to emphasize here is an absolute mutuality with mutual enjoyment. To be called into fellowship is to be called into a divine human mutuality in which we enjoy all that the triune God is in Christ, and he enjoys us. And as Brother Lee pointed out, some of us may find it hard to believe that God could enjoy us. We're miserable. We're sinners. Of course, that aspect of us is despicable and is condemned by God. But we must recall that we are saints, We have been separated to God. We're one with him. We have been born of God. We're his children. What kind of father does not enjoy his children? As human fathers, we delight in our children. God, the divine father, delights in all of us based upon what we are in Christ. I was thinking of a somewhat parallel portion in Ephesians chapter 1, which speaks of a mutual inheritance, Mm -hmm. that in Christ, God is our inheritance. In Christ, we are God's inheritance. Well, what can God inherit or enjoy in us? Well, in ourselves, nothing. But Christ is in us. And this combination of Christ with us makes us very enjoyable and delightful to God. So we are in this realm called fellowship, of mutual enjoyment, we enjoy the all-inclusive Christ, the Christ who is the reality of God and man and every positive thing. 
It's inexhaustible, this enjoyment. Mm. And God has his portion of the Christ in us and of us in Christ. This is an utterly delightful realization that we've been called out of our most wretched state into, not only to, but into this mutual participation, communication, and enjoyment between us and Christ. Many dear seekers of the Lord need to hear such a word and to be delivered from their kind of religious self-reproach and see what they are in Christ based upon God's redemption and to realize that as they treasure Christ, Christ treasures them in this mutual delight, mutual treasuring, mutual enjoyment is what the Bible means by fellowship. Mm. Well, in the Scripture, context is always critical. Early on in this first chapter of 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul comes to a critical point of problem, of damage, in the midst of the church here, and that's addressed in these next uh, verses, 10 through 13, where it talks about the division and the strife that's among them, and uh, one party identifying with Paul and another party with Cephas, and even the most seemingly or outwardly spiritual ones identifying only with Christ, but yet uh, this division was rampant among them. But it comes in the context of him first pointing out the assurance of their salvation, as we have seen, and then reminding them of what they had been called into, which was the fellowship of this divine life that we we have just been enjoying. So it's important to see that as we touch for the first time in this life study, this matter of the problem of division and how to deal with it. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The Corinthian believers, like all the others, including us, they had their preference. Don't you agree with me that you have your preference? Yet realize, unless you have the preference, you are in the flesh. I tell right away, you lose the unique center. And the unique center is just Christ. It is not Paul who is the center of the believers. Neither Cephas, nor Apollos. No, but the very Christ who is the unique center of all the believers. Who is theirs and ours. We all have been called into such a oneness, such a mutuality between us and him. There shouldn't be any relationship, any preference between you and any locality, between you and any individual believers, between you and any kind of situation. No. You must realize nothing and no person is the center of all the Christians. The unique center of all the Christians is just Christ. We all have been called into the fellowship of him, into the enjoyment of him, into the participation in him, into a kind of mutuality that we are one with him. Only these can eliminate all the differences among the saints. Look at today's Christians. Preference upon preference. I like this. I like that. I like that pastor. I like that minister. I like this. I like that. Whatever you like, God doesn't like. God only likes Christ. 
God has only one center. No individual, no group, no person must be your preference. No, only one preference, one choice that is unique, and that is Christ. Christ is theirs, and Christ is ours. God has called us all into this dear one, into the fellowship of such a one. Well, he didn't dwell too much on the problem, but he sure dwelt very pointedly on the solution, didn't he? He did, and this is where our emphasis also should be. But the emphasis is all the more impressive when we realize the background. According to Paul's word, every one of you says, I am of this one, I am of that one. These are all the preferences, and they imply a particular narrow, exclusive, divisive, so-called fellowship. Oh, I'm with those who are of this one. Later on, Paul even asks, is Christ divided? But our emphasis should be what Paul's emphasis, God's emphasis, and in the ministry, Brother Lee's emphasis is, that in God's economy and in the Christian life and in the church life, there is one unique center. And that center is not any person among us. It's not any practice. It's not any doctrine. The unique center is Jesus Christ himself. God only recognizes this center. When we deviate from God's center by having our preference, which is what preferences cause us to do, we are seriously astray from God's economy, which is centered on the all-inclusive Christ. There is a great need for the believers today to really open to the Lord and to let the Lord examine them concerning this matter. What is your center? Are you of a certain Christian worker today that you prefer? Do you prefer a certain way of worship? If we can say yes to any of these things, we are off. Chris, I'd like to ask out of a kind of burden, when will God's people take God's preference as their own? In a very real sense, Christianity in the United States, at least, is a religion of preferences. Under the Christian umbrella, you can just follow your taste, follow your preference, follow your choice, but God rejects all of this. The cross nullifies all of this. Only Christ is left. He is the unique one. He is the unique center. He is the all-inclusive one. When will the day come when Christ will be sufficient for us? When will the day come when Christ will be the center? Then we will be truly one because we have all been called into the fellowship of this all-inclusive Christ, the unique center of God's economy. If we drop our preferences and take God's preference as our only choice, we will enter into a marvelous, divine, human, mutually enjoyable fellowship of the all-inclusive Christ, the Son of the living God, the center of God's eternal economy. That is the particular burden in this edition of the Life Study of the Bible. 
Well, this message today has been remarkably consistent, although we seem to cover a lot of uh, territory. But we have the testimony is only one, the testimony of Christ. The fellowship into which we've been called is only one, the fellowship of his Son. And our center is only one, and that is Christ himself. Very well put, Chris. Well, it was a wonderful program. I'm very happy that we could have this kind of fellowship. This is a, a word we all need, isn't it, Ron? We all need it. We need to enter more and more together into the fellowship of God's beloved Son. Our time is up for today. We hope you have gotten enlightened and brought yourself to this one who is our testimony, our fellowship, and our very center, Christ the Lord himself. Uh, If you would like to contact us about our printed material, please do, toll-free, 1-888-543-3788. For Ron Kingus, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee spent seven decades in the 20th century speaking Christ, first in Asia and then North America, eventually all over the world. The culmination of those 70 years of ministry was his Life Study of the Bible, an exhaustive exposition of the entire scriptures. This unique commentary focuses on how Christ can be life to man in an experiential and practical way. These programs encapsulate Witnessly speaking in just 26 minutes. But to get the complete riches, visit lifestudy.com. From there you can read all of the Life Study messages in their entirety or download any of our more than 1,700 audio programs at no cost. Again, that website is lifestudy.com. Thanks for listening.